Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're hanging in there with everything going on. Uh, Glad to be with you today as we will be joined by ESPN's Matt Schick. And he's a broadcaster for ESPN, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM. He's been at ESPN since 2012. Graduated from the University of Colorado. Got his start in Denver, then moved to Nebraska, and then to ESPN. He was born and raised in Rochester, New York. Uh, I actually used to live in Rochester myself. Uh, He now lives in Charlotte. I now live in Charlotte. And Matt has a wife and four kids. Uh, Right now you can listen to his show. uh, It's called Sunday Morning on ESPN Radio and then Big Ten this morning on Sirius XM Channel 372. Before we jump to Matt, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Go to healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Also, check out unpackingit.com to sign up to receive our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This. Take a sports story, a sports topic, and relate it to the Bible and relate it to our own lives. And it's designed to encourage, challenge, and inspire you each weekday So check it out, unpackingit.com. Stick around. At the end of the conversation, I'll unpack some of my big takeaways. And and so uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. But right now, we're going to jump right in. Here is Matt Schick. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Joining us back on Unpacking It is Matt Schick, broadcaster for ESPN. You can hear him on Sunday morning on ESPN Radio, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And then also Big Ten this morning on Sirius XM Channel 372, weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern and available on demand. Matt, great to have you back. How are you? Great to catch up with you again, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's there's a lot of nothing going on, which is an odd uh, thing. I don't know how we're people who have radio shows that are based in sports, and this could be certainly a challenging time when there's no sports to talk about. That's right. So I, I got to ask you then, how, what has your approach been to content? What has content prep looked like for you? Well, you know, we just had the uh, with the NFL draft. Obviously, that provides something, and so. Sometimes you're looking weeks ahead, uh, even mm-hmm. when we were a month before the draft. It's okay, let's let's look ahead. Let's see what's going on there. Sometimes the things that you're talking about and the things you're prepping for are just the latest news about when we're going to play again. Mm-hmm. So those are things that we talk about. 
Um, and sometimes you're just creating content and creating fun conversations that sometimes have nothing to do with sports. I think what you find is that right now shows that are so predicated on the nuts and bolts of sports mm. and, and even predicated on callers' reactions to games, uh, those are the shows that are really stuck right yes. now. Um, and you really find out right now what you're made of, where there's nothing to talk about. You have to create the content. You don't have a a game that creates the content for you or a reaction to a game that you can react to. It's okay. How how can you think outside the box? How can you create your own content and how can you carry two, three, sometimes four hours with, uh, with little to no substance? It's tricky. And that's why guys that have been doing it forever, the, the Jim Rome's, the Dan Patrick's, those guys really stand out right now. I know you're Dan Levitard fan. I see you tweeting about him, but Guys yep. like those, you know, creative types. Uh, you're right; those are the ones uh, sur- surviving right now. But but cool to hear your approach on it. And and so when it comes to even watching replays of games, have you been doing that? Have you been watching sports documentaries? Anything uh, pop up in that regard? Well, in terms of documentaries, I'm in on the Jordan documentary with the Last Dance. Oh that yeah, was much neat. That's much needed. It's been going good, and and it's. Um, nice that they have that ESPN decided to do a a version that doesn't have cursing so I can actually we actually sat down I watched the original one the night uh, that it aired I watched it live and then for the first couple episodes and then the next morning watched the edited version with my young kids and oh. for the most part it was pretty it was pretty tame and so the the not the censored version on ESPN2 is TV 14, um, and it's it's decent. So that's been good. Uh, in terms of replays of games, when the Masters would have been played, they had the 86 Masters on, and, and I was uh, zipping through that and showing my son, Jack Nicholas. Uh, you know, my son's nine years old. He's into sports, but it's hard to get kids and young kids to get into grainy video when you don't know who's who. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's no ticker at the bottom. There's no cutting <laughs> from hole to hole as quickly as possible. And there's no social media to follow along with it. So that was uh, that was interesting to to go back and look at. And then, you know, watching Texas USC when they replayed that yeah. game. So you're trying to keep yourself busy by watching it. But every I find myself when there are – old games on and even games from last year on it just makes you uh, want live games all the more because i i know how these games turned out and the best part about sports <laughs> is not knowing and also being able to react to what is uh, what is happening so it's these are we're watching movies that we've already seen uh, instead of sporting events that we have no idea what's going to happen Exactly. It's tough. I I like tuning in and and kind of remembering, oh, yeah, that guy was on that team or, oh, that that coach was there, some of that stuff. But to sit and actually watch a whole game, yeah, you know the outcome, so it doesn't doesn't feel right. Uh, Well, what about non-sports shows? What what have you and your family been been watching, movies or anything else? Oh, let's see. Uh, You know, we are knee-deep on Disney on the Disney Plus app. We just finished Onward last week. We watched that. Um, and with young kids, sometimes they have to go to bed earlier than it's over. So we can we – can, the goal with movies is how do we stretch this out over two or three days so we're not just <laughs> burning it over the 90 minutes. So, yeah, over the course of two or three days, we finished the movie Onward. We've had them 
Uh, we've watched Cool Runnings, Rookie of the Year, you know, nice. stuff like that. My, my wife and I are trying to get into series. We try to watch things that, you know, aren't too over the line where we can still enjoy it. We were watching uh, HBO The Outsider, which is interesting. It's dark. There's some points where you're watching going, eh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you're trying to find something to keep yourself entertained. And so we're not watching a whole heck of a lot um catching up on old shows you know this is us and other shows that maybe we didn't have time for when their life would got in the way but uh, so yeah trying to keep up on that trying to watch some old movies but other than that it's you really find that uh sometimes you have to actually converse and uh invest in each other to actually get yeah. some entertainment yeah well what what has that been like father of four your wife you guys are all home and 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 what what has that that been like what's been maybe the the highlight or even the value of this time i think introspectively i think there's always been a when you have work getting in the way there's always a thing in the back of your mind of oh if i didn't have to work or mm. if i didn't have to leave the house or go to the stores often, or just do all these things, or prep for this game, maybe I could spend some more time with my kids. Or if they didn't have school, oh, we could do this and that. And then all of that comes true, and you go, wow, okay, so we don't have school, I don't have work, at least not leaving the house. Now you can, now it's like the, the God, uh, God saying, okay, this is what you wondered about now what kind of dad are you going to be wow. well now what can you now what um I, this is the opportunity that you have talked about let's use this bad for good let's put your money where your mouth is and it's been a challenge because mm-hmm. you can come up with other excuses too oh we want it we got this home repair now and you just find yourself getting busy i think the great part about it has been just being able to invest more in the kids talk with them, talking to my nine-year-old about uh, some more, um, you know, adolescent themes that maybe we wouldn't have time for before. And now you start investing in that and uh, paving the way for future discussions. You get out in the front yard and you're doing some, you know, playing a catch or uh, doing some hula hooping or throwing the ball in in the street. Um, there are good and bad things about having this many kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you are confined, you find out how much you really like each other, how much you get along. Um, but you also can keep each other busy. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's been good. It's been, it's been trying at times. Um, but it also makes you realize how, how fortunate you are. Cause you know, when, when there's no school, uh, sometimes kids, the best part of their day is school. And some, you know, there are kids out there that are now back at home where maybe it's not as safe as mm-hmm. it should be for them. So we're just trying to make the most of everything that uh, all this time that we have, because you know that when the time is up and life gets back to normal, you go, oh, man, wasn't that I wish we could go through that again because we got to actually spend time together. Yeah, which which is crazy, and and I think that that'll be the case for many. But but like you say, some people are in a real tough spot, and I feel for the yeah. kids that that do need school, and that that is their outlet, and I, I they come to mind a lot for sure. Um, well, along those lines too, uh, just the the perspective on this whole situation. How has your your faith and, and dependence on God really you know guided you through this time, and, and how have you been able to to lead your family from a from a spiritual standpoint during this time? Well, in terms of relying on God, there has been many times where 
you start to think about, okay, what could happen with me? What could happen with my job? Mm. You know, I don't, there are a lot of us at ESPN that frankly are getting paid to, to sit at home. I do some radio on the weekends. Um, but outside of that, you're just kind of, you're like a, uh, you know, an athlete without games, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting to be put into the game and none are on the schedule. And so what do you do? And so I've had to think in my mind, okay, what would happen if, you know, my company said, Hey, we're going to furlough you, uh, for the next three or four months. Um, where's my hope in is my hope in the paycheck that comes every week. And without that, how would I survive? Do I need God or do I need, do I need the Walt Disney company to make sure my paychecks arrive? And, and those are the things where you, you just have to try to as bad as, as much as you can put God first and relying on him. And that has been, that's been one of those things that I think has come to the forefront through all this. You know, my wife recently over the last few weeks had gone through you know, real sc- a scary medical uh, issue where mm. um, she was in a lot of physical pain, and you're at home. You're going, okay, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do here? And she's, you know, we've been trusting God through that, and she's gotten better. Oh, um, but when you take away a lot of other things and you start feeling the stresses of of the quarantine, that can be a real challenge. But you know, my wife has you know, when I'm doing some radio upstairs, she's kind of taken some spiritual leadership upon herself during the evening. Uh, we will, since life has slowed down, we've taken a lot of the hurry out of our lives. Mm. Uh, we will do some, uh, Bible verses or Bible stories through the children's Bible, through the kids. And then we've got them almost trained where after we go through that, we'll say, okay, can we watch the video that goes along with that now? And we'll load that up on YouTube and watch that to kind of illustrate the story that we talked about. And um, so, so that has been good. And like I said, talking with my, my oldest son, I've got uh, three boys and a girl. My oldest child is a boy. He's nine years old. And we're getting to that point where we need to start, considering talking about adolescence and puberty and things that I want to make sure that he hears from me Mm. before he hears it from anybody else and that he hears it in a God centered way so Mm. that he, before the testosterone gets uh, flown through his veins, that he understands what is the right way to, to think about, you know, uh, people that don't look like him, like girls and and things (laughs) like that. So those are, those are the types of things that I think right now we're trying to just use in a, use in a positive way. And, uh, my wife has started doing a lot more quiet times because we have more time to be quiet here. Um, I've started to do that more consistently as well. And so we're just trying to, I think this is a good training ground where you try to establish good habits when you don't have other preoccupations right now, where you can, once the world comes back to normal, that those are habits that can continue during that time. So that's kind of how we're looking at it right now. Yeah, that's right, because we experience the the fruit of, of a lot of that right now. And so it's like, yeah, we got to keep this going. Let's let's continue it. So I hope that that's the case for, for a lot of people. But love hearing uh, what, what the Schick family is doing. That's uh, that's really <laughs> neat. Are you are you much of a reader yourself? I have never been a huge reader. Um, and I think that's because I'm such in the no, I, things I will read outside of the Bible are things that will help me with my job, reading up on things with the NFL draft, yeah. uh, reading commentary about things that will help me with 
radio shows that I host and other things on social media. Uh, you know, but I will, I will do my best to, whether it's the Bible or thinking about how to raise kids. There's a book by Patrick Morley that I've been reading called Man in the Mirror. Oh, yeah. It talks about just, just, you know, looking at yourself and how to become a, um, the opposite of a cultural Christian. And what does that look like? And how do you do that in a, in a world such as this and, re, and raise your kids in a certain way? Um, so those are, those are kind of the kind of things that I will try to, uh, again, formulate those habits during this time. That's right. Yeah. Cause again, it's a, that downtime, that quiet time, more opportunity, uh, to read. So man in the mirror, I actually had that book, but I haven't read it. So so you would you would uh, recommend it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I'm I'm on uh, I'm about a third of the way through it, and it really talks about a lot of the struggles that that guys and men can get into when it comes to trying to uh, live in a world where success is defined in different ways, and you know the search for meaning and purpose and where's your, where's your highest hope and, um, you know, how, how fleeting fame can be. And, uh, just, it, and it kind of categorizes, you know, different types of Christians where it's the cultural Christian or the biblical Christian. And how do you find your way through that? And where are you finding your value? And so it's, it, there've been a lot of touch points in that book where I go, yep, let's, certainly called the man in the mirror because I'm looking right at uh, some of these things and I'm seeing myself and, and ah. we need to get better. Well, man, the, uh, the, the one exciting thing that we do have from a sports perspective, not only I, I've been enjoying the last dance as well, first two episodes, can't wait for the next ones, but we do have the NFL draft. So uh, thankfully we, we've got that. And first off, I'm curious as a media guy, what are you anticipating about this year's broadcast, the setup, the format? What are you most intrigued by? I am I am always a guy that is so fascinated by how the sausage is made, how yeah. the broadcast is done. And, you know, with Reese Davis and others being a part of the broadcast, there are so many different technical issues that could arise. How do you steady the ship? How do you pretend? Where, where do you find the spots where you have to pretend things are okay? Or when are things so noticeable that you have to acknowledge it and uh, button it up, clean things up? And when do you do that? The fact that, you know, reporters are going to be uh, on Skype or Zoom. Um, GMs and war rooms are going to be at different various sites. I mean, the fact that I, I was reading the other day that there was a GM who, you know, had some cords and things plugged in, and uh, there was a little hiccup when his wife was vacuuming and unplugged <laughs> one of the cords accidentally. And you go, my goodness, this is this is working. These NFL executives are understanding what it's like to be normal people working oh. from home when they're trying to navigate the biggest decisions of their life when they are around, when they are at home. There's a reason you go to work, you leave home to do that because sometimes at home it's just not the great, not the best construct. Uh, to facilitate uh, productivity, and so I, I am just waiting for, you know, a GM to just say, "Hey, uh, we're going to have to reset the router here. Can you pause the <laughs> clock? You know, we, uh, hey, the, the uh, dog's barking in the background. We got to make sure." Like one GM said that there's going to be a director of scouting that's going to be in a Winnebago in the driveway as an oh. emergency backup. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, to have cousin Eddie involved, I think is fantastic. <laughs> so this is. There are going to be a lot of twists and turns in this thing, and I can't wait to see what happens. Sometimes the best 
deals are, are train wrecks uh, yep. as, as you watch them on TV, especially with people who don't normally experience them. I, I can't wait. Of course, I, I want to see where all these guys are going to end up and what teams will do and all that. But I, from a, a broadcast standpoint, I am fascinated by it all. So uh, even uh, they saw, they showed one picture of Dave Gettleman, who's like trying not to have technology involved. And uh, he just had some of his notebooks and all that, but he's like, everybody's got to embrace it. You can't even get away from it, oh, yeah. which is funny too. Yeah, he's got he's you know Dave Gettleman. He had the he's got the mouse with the ThinkPad <laughs> laptop. The mouse is not wireless, shockingly enough. You've got he's got a Post-it note on the laptop, which probably has all his passwords to all yep. his accounts that yep. he, he will need. Huge binders. I mean, it's just fantastic. I mean, he, and then you can see the very suave, smooth, younger GMs that have you know all of these thin uh, tablets and computers it's just it's it's fantastic but this is this is the uh, the year where the draft is for the young people right the, yep. the young executives that are they were built for this moment there are a lot of it guys going i put me in coach i'm ready to help you out and that's it's gonna right. be it's gonna be fun their their values through the roof for sure well all right so you're you're tapped into uh, you know the college game especially and so you're familiar with a lot of these players coming into the draft mm-hmm. And, and so I'm wondering if, if you were one of these, these GMs and, and you're on the clock, who are three players that you'd want to draft? And re- regardless of round, just someone that, that you find to, to just be, you know, someone that you think could translate really well to the next level. Well, there, there are a handful of them, but if I had to pick, if I had to pick one and I just needed, you think about positions of strength and positions of need and the, uh, and the impactful positions. You think about defensive end, you think about obviously quarterback, but you think about corner and defensive back. I think Jeffrey Okuda at Ohio State is going to be a lockdown corner for, you know, seven to 10 years. Yeah. I think he is just a fantastic player. When you think about the quarterback position, I can't get away from Tua Tungavailoa, and I know he has the medical issue, um, but I am fascinated to watch him um, do what he's able to do. I think about later rounds. I think about guys that uh, maybe not necessarily a, a first round pick. Um, I think about, you know, running backs, JK Dobbins, I think is going to have a long, healthy career. I think a, a Jonathan Taylor who ran a sub four, four in the 40 was a track star in high school and did that in college as well. I think he, the running back out of Wisconsin is, is very talented. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Antoine Winfield, the the safety out of Minnesota. He's only five nine. That's why I love him because uh, I love short guys like me who can actually <laughs> do something uh, athletic. And I know I'm pick, kind of cherry picking first round guys, but it's there are so, there's so much talent. You know, talk about what are the Redskins going to trade out of the number two pick? I don't know how you go away from from Chase Young um, and what he can what he can bring to the table for an instant impact kind of player. So, you know, there's just a handful of guys and those are probably all first round guys. You know, if you're looking if you're looking later later in the draft, I, you know, I don't know where linebacker Zach Vaughn is going to go, but he's a guy that, you know, out of Wisconsin that was a dual threat quarterback coming out of high school and had, you know, he was offered by South Dakota State, the FCS and was a preferred walk out of Wisconsin. Mm. And now he's going to get there. How about a Geno Stone out of Iowa, who's a safety, who was out of Pennsylvania and said, uh, I want to go to Penn State. He, I was talking to him the other day. He said he went, he visited Penn State about nine times and thought he was going to get 
to Penn State, and they wound up not offering him. He was offered by Michigan State, or thought he was, and then they canceled his visit because they didn't have room for him. So he goes to Iowa, and what does he do? He leaves school early after his junior year to enter the NFL draft. He might be one of the first two, three, or four safeties taken in the draft. So there are guys. I love the stories of the guys who have the chip on the shoulder. They've been told they're not good enough. They've been they've doubt they've answered the doubters throughout their career, and, and now they've got a shot to do it. I, I think the bittersweet part about it is they don't get to experience the draft like everybody else. Yeah. You know, walking on the stage. I mean, we went from. We're going to be in a Bellagio fountain in Vegas uh, with the uh, you're going to ride the boat and be shipped to the stage and hug the commissioner to now it's going to be in the basement of the commissioner's house. And oh. that's where we're at. And that, that happened over the span of six weeks. So uh, but it's, it's pretty cool that uh, that the draft is not getting delayed, that these guys are actually going to get to fall through with the, and fulfill their lifelong dreams. Absolutely. That's the, the positive side of it. But yeah, they, you know, they dream to, to not only hear their name called, but to, to walk up on that stage. And for, for some of those top guys, especially it's a, it's a bummer for them, but hopefully they'll, uh, They'll be honored and recognized in, in other ways. So it'll be a, a memorable draft for sure. Well, you're you know, listing off all these different players and especially loving the fact of, you know, the, the guys that, that had the chip on their shoulder, overcome, all that sort of thing. One name that comes to mind for me is Jalen Hurts. What, what do you think mm-hmm. of, of him and kind of his, his story and, and, and opportunity heading into the draft? And do you feel like he could maybe overachieve based on some of the, the hype surrounding him or lack of hype? Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's overachieved a lot. And I, he's one of those players that I don't I don't know how you doubt him, but at the same point, you, kept, you keep trying to go, okay, what kind of system is he fitting in? What kind of – what are you asking him to do? Um, you know, there are, there are reports that he's going to go, you know, as high as the second round. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just – I love him as a player, him as a person, and everything that he's done. I would just have a tough time deciding, you know what, I can. I think he could one day be our franchise quarterback. I'm just not – I just don't know in this NFL if he could do that. Now, hmm. could he be – could he be a guy that um, – you know, you see what Lamar Jackson was able to do and the strides that he has made in the passing game. Jalen Hurts is a good passer. Hmm. Um how much better can he be? No. What's, what's the ceiling on that? He's so thick and strong uh, and, and very quick that there's a spot for him out there. I just don't know if, as an NFL GM if, if I see franchise quarterback in that. I do see a guy that can impact my team in many positive ways. Yeah. And maybe after a year or two of sitting at the quarterback position and learning and growing – that could be an impact player at that position. But I think there are other positions too, that he can help you out. And I, I, he's a guy I'd love to have on my team. I'm just not sure what my expectations would be. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think if, yeah, the later he goes and then the lower the expectations, I think he could over overcome that or exceed those, those expectations, which would be cool to see. Um, Cause yeah, what a college career he had. It's, it's remarkable. And uh, the, the highs and lows of it all is it's, it's one of my, my favorite stories heading in for sure. Yeah, and and the college game is not so different from the NFL anymore, which True. helps. Like if Jalen if Jalen Hurts came around ten years ago, he's like, eh, yeah, probably not going to happen. But he comes in at a time where quarterbacks are so much more athletic now. 
whether it's a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or even a Russell Wilson, it's there are spots for that. You know, Baker Mayfield, we'll see. I think the verdict is still out on how good he can be mm-hmm. at this level. But he, Jalen Hurts was uh, very good at the combine. He impressed a lot of folks at the Senior Bowl. Um, his pro day was impressive. And so there are enough teams that are going to say, you know what? This is a guy that I want in my locker room. And I think because of his work ethic, he's a guy that can turn himself uh, into a quarterback that can help us down the road. And so you don't want to take Jalen Hurts because you need a quarterback tomorrow. Hmm. You want to take Jalen Hurts because you need a quarterback maybe in a year or two. And I think there are probably enough franchises out there that, that do. No question. Yeah, a couple teams, especially with older quarterbacks, that could be a nice nice landing spot for them. Well, all right, so you're, you're very involved and in, in engaged in the college game. And so I'm curious – are, are you more uh, intrigued or entertained by signing day or the draft? Wh- which one do you kind of lean toward? I, as a guy who covers signing day and recruiting, I am still more fascinated with the draft. Okay. And because I think the draft is, you kind of get the grades on the high school recruiting on draft night. Mm. Draft night, you find out, okay, what are these guys that are, uh, watching film all the time and get paid a lot of money to know this stuff. How do they feel about the guys that we covered in high school and tried to translate how well they would do in college? And so, you know, it's such an inexact science. And when you think about recruiting too, high school recruiting, there are the programs that get the players are always going to get the players. Mm. The college programs, the best programs, the top five to seven to eight are, they're essentially drafting and selecting as it is. So when you think about the NFL draft, you can have a, a player change a franchise overnight. And so that's why the way the NFL draft is constructed, it'd be one thing if in college you said, okay, uh, Rutgers, you're getting the number one pick this year out of mm-hmm. high school. Who do you want? And yeah. then you got to go. Um, it, you kind of see the same programs year in, year out. And you kind of know leading up to signing day who guys are going to sign with. Yeah, there's twists and turns with it. But with the NFL draft and the fact that there's so much parity, um, it makes the draft that much more fascinating. And I like to see what they say yeah. uh, about some of these prospects. Like I remember Deshaun Watson, all the concerns. I remember going, I watched him in college. I'd like <laughs> to think I know what I'm like. I know what I'm watching when I see him, what are they not seeing? What am I missing? Uh, or even a guy that gets drafted ahead, uh, maybe goes sooner than you would anticipate. You go, he wasn't that good in college. What, what, what are they watching? Is it on, is it a pro day that I didn't see that I wasn't in attendance for that? Getting to map that out from there, I think, is pretty cool. So I would always side with the NFL draft. It, high school recruiting is a zoo. It's yeah. just uh, it's it's crazy, and you have to know so much about so many different players and follow so many. You know, who's the decision maker? Is it mom? Is it dad? What kind of hats? I like the theater of recruiting um, and signing day, and, and maybe some of the uh, unexpected moments that you see, but. The NFL draft and the theater of that is pretty cool. It's hard. It's hard to beat. So we'll we'll enjoy it these next few days, and uh, and you'll be uh, at home with the family enjoying it. So soak it in, and man, it's it's great catching up with you. Glad to have you back on unpacking it, and uh, enjoy. Hopefully, it won't be too much longer uh, being at home, but uh, but enjoy the, the the family time, and hopefully, we get sports uh, officially back here soon. 
Yep. I hope we uh, get it soon. And, and in the meantime, we'll continue to catch up. Appreciate it, Bryce. Good to be on with you. Awesome. Thanks so much. There's Matt Schick from ESPN joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So we're back here in the studio to unpack what we just talked about with Matt Schick. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. So great to have him back on the show. He joined us last summer. And if you missed that podcast with him, it is available on our website, unpackingit.com. If you want to hear the, the first conversation, which was getting to know him, hearing more about his faith journey, his uh, broadcasting career, a lot of cool things that he shared with us. So you can check that out on unpackingit.com. But today, I was, I was encouraged to hear how he's you know, taking care of his family during this time. And wh- when I think about the, the pandemic and how it's affecting families, there's so many different uh, groups of people that I think about, but, but one in particular is the young family where you know, a guy like Matt, who's got four kids under the age of nine or nine and under, that's challenging day in, day out anyway. Then you throw in the mix that you're all at home all the time. That's got to be hard. I mean, I've got an eight-month-old, and we're having a tough enough time just keeping up with her. I can't imagine four kids, and, and you got to keep them entertained, some level of school, uh, you know, keeping up with, what they have, you know, responsibilities at school. It, it might be a little less than kids that are in high school, but you still want them learning and, and engaging in some way. And so uh, that a lot falls on parents. So if you're listening uh, and you've got four kids at home or somewhere around there, I feel for you. And uh, man, hang in there. It's it's got to be hard. But hopefully, some of the things you heard from Matt were encouraging, and some things maybe you can even implement, and and maybe a, a different you know perspective to look at what's going on and and so you know just the idea of having bible story time bible study you know for young kids reading a little bit then having a video to watch to go along with it really neat i I liked hearing that and then the book that he talked about reading man in the mirror i've got that that book and there's actually a men's ministry called man in the mirror and and so i haven't read the book but but was encouraged by what matt said about it and this whole whole concept around Cultural Christianity is very interesting, and I'm very passionate about it. So I grew up in the faith, grew up in the church. In, in many ways, I was a cultural Christian because I grew up in the Christian culture and youth group, different ministries, Awana, you name it. I was a part of it, Christian music, Christian movies, all of that stuff. And it was great, and it, I, I'm thankful for it all. It was wonderful. But there's also the reality that, that so many people either grow up in, you know, maybe a, a Christian home or in a church, but it never becomes their own, or they just know how to play the game. And you can just kind of go through the motions of being a cultural Christian. You, you, you live in the South, you, you're around maybe other Christians, and it's, yeah, you just kind of put on your, in many ways, masks at times. And, and to get to the point of authentic Christianity, which ultimately means being a true follower of Jesus. And so that's why our tagline and unpacking it were sports fans following Jesus. And so, you know, of course, I'm a Christian and, 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 and that's 
that's who I am. But sometimes that word can get lost, and there's other connotations that go along with that word. And so I like to differentiate by saying I'm a follower of Jesus. If somebody asks, yes, I am a Christian. But I'm a follower of Jesus, which, which puts action, I'm, and, and it puts Jesus you know, at the forefront. I'm following Jesus. He's who I'm, I'm, I'm going after. And, and I think many of us have to make that, that transition from a, a cultural Christian, yeah, 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 no, I'm a Christian, and, but what does that mean? Are you really following Jesus? Has your life been transformed? Are you any different than the world? And, and has your heart truly been you know, awakened to God's love and the depth of His love and the, and the power of his, of his Holy Spirit inside us, leading and guiding us? Or are we being guided by a Christian culture, a subculture, a, a bubble? And, and we don't even know the, the Bible for ourselves. We just know, oh, well, that's kind of, yeah, that's how we are in the South, and that's how we are at church, and we're, we're more concerned with what denomination we are than truly being a follower of Jesus. And so th- this, this is something I'm very passionate about. I really am, and it's at the heart of the ministry here at Unpacking It because I want to see fans become followers, meaning a, a, a a cultural Christian many times is just a fan of Jesus where we can sit back and kind of clap and say, Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus is great. But then when the week starts or when things really get going, how deep is our faith? And when we get hit with trials right now, we're seeing the separation people that truly trust God and understand that his peace is in us. And the hope that we have in him allows us to get through the situation we're facing. You can see that the people that truly believe that, and, and so uh, this is a big topic, and I'm, I'm just kind of scratching the surface on it today, but, but I, I'm, I'm encouraged to talk about it because of what Matt Schick said about that book and, and, and understanding, okay, there is a difference between cultural Christianity or sometimes it's called carnal uh, faith and, and just kind of being you know, uh, still part of the world uh, without really being transformed into a, a passionate follower of Jesus, an authentic believer. And, and that's what we want to be. So let's, let's continue to, to hold each other accountable with that, continue to, to really look inward to consider, ah, am I just a cultural Christian, or is my faith really affecting every area of my life? And I'm not just putting on masks. And it's real. It's, 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 it's real, and Jesus is real in my life. And he's daily transforming me from the inside out. So it's a, it's a, it's a great topic to, to think about. And, and so we'd love to know your thoughts. You can send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. And as we wrap up the show today, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I am a Christian. And I follow Jesus, and I believe in the Bible, and I believe in the good news. He died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, 
visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 